Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. We got a wonderful guest today, Tyler Machant. He is a fucking awesome dude and a, on a podcast extraordinaire, is what I'll call him. I'd like to tell you a story of how we met. Basically, Tyler and I are both part of this amazing Facebook group of, for podcasters. Uh, he... I think was looking for guests on his podcast, Cynical Cartoons. I looked at the podcast. It was right up my alley. Uh, so we ended up, so you can go back, check out Cynical Cartoons. You can hear me as a guest. We do an episode about, so we do an episode about street sharks. I don't know if you remember that. Not very good cartoon for the nineties. Uh, anyway, I was like, oh, you got to come on my show. Cause we just got along really well. And then, uh, You'll hear this episode at the end of it. Like I had to leave because I think it was kind of late at night. He lives a few hours uh, behind time zone wise. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to definitely do this again. We're going to do this again. So because of the Facebook group, because of having he had me as a guest, I had him as a guest. It turned into him and I started a podcast together called the Super Fast Flashcast, which you may have heard already. A wonderful podcast where we recap episodes of CW's The Flash in 20 minutes or less or your money back. Uh, And I think this is like the beauty of podcasting. Like this was so cool, like just to have to be a guest on a show that turned into having someone as a guest on my show that turned into we now create a podcast together. Uh, so Tyler has three podcasts, as I was saying. He has Cynical Cartoons, which I highly recommend you subscribe to. I listen to it every week. Uh, it started off as a Rick, it started off as a Rick and Morty podcast, and then BoJack Horseman, and now the format is very much. Uh, he explains in the episode more, but uh, guests and they watch an old cartoon, and often the not good ones, but great show. Then there's the Adam Sandcast. Which, yeah, Adam Sandcast is an Adam Sandler, where they objectively watch everything Adam Sandler. We kind of shit on Adam Sandler a lot in this episode, which is fun. And then the third one is Super Fast Flashcast, which I'm on too. Dude, Tyler fucking works hard. All his podcasts are on futurehorsepod.com. There's a Patreon. You can follow them on Twitter at futurehorsepod. Go to Patreon. Give them a buck. Why not? Just subscribe. Give them a buck a month. Tyler works so fucking hard, and he deserves it. Uh, and three podcasts, all that editing, hosting fees. Uh, I think Tyler's going to be someone who makes a career out of podcasting or video and film. And just really great guy all around. I had so much fun. Quick plug for me, uh, you could, if you are my dad, happy birthday, dad. Uh, his, my dad's birthday is tomorrow. And if for some reason you're listening, happy birthday. But I'll, I'll call you. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. There's a Facebook page for the show. And as always, this show is a part of the Misfits Podcast Network, themisfitsnetwork.com. They're on Twitter. There's a RSS feed, newsletter, all that good stuff. All right, let's get to it. The opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri Funk, Master Flex, Love, Bump, Star, Ski well, uh, I'm I'm running for president, 2016. 26, you guys heard it. Um, yeah, you already mm-hmm. have more support than Lincoln Chafee. And I'm uh, I'm in the Chipmunk Party. <laughs> uh, we support. Uh, I don't know. So you're a president of Alvin? Are you more of a Theodore or <laughs> right. more of a, a Simon? <laughs> 
Oh man, you know, I was I, on. Um, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of one of the names of the chipettes because that would be funny, Brittany, but I can't. I, Jeanette, Peggy. Oh, Brittany, uh, of course. Okay. You know why I know this? Uh, I don't know if you. He's in that same wonderful Facebook group. group uh, Peter from Hydrate Level Four. Uh, oh yeah, that's he's right. Awesome, but he. I was on his podcast once, and like it was like you review a movie, and he's like, "Let's pick something from childhood," and then you make a list of movies. We made a list of movies, and then it had to get narrowed down because like his podcast is a father and son podcast, and sometimes you'd have like random guests, so he didn't want to do anything right. good that he would have to miss seeing with his son, <laughs> which I totally understand. Like I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a really sweet thing. You're a better person than me. So we end up we get we end up whittling it down to I decided to pick the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. With the live action one? Oh the no, the, one. the 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 cartoon one. It's like they go around the world. <laughs> Dude, that's a great. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the reason that Chipmunks jumped to mind, right? Is because I'm doing an episode of my show, Cynical Cartoons. A little plug there. Uh, in about a week and a half, that's like a live episode, and that'll date it. You know, when this comes out in three months, people will know that's how far back we recorded this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman, and I watched it, oh, and like I forgot. That's a, wait, yeah, wait, Wolfman is from. Just it's just a werewolf man. It's not like Wolfman Universal Monsters. Oh, okay. It's just a werewolf. But, I feel like but I, so like I watched it. Right. I watched it and I realized I'm like, I was scared of werewolves for like nine fucking years. I I didn't watch horror movies just because like I was scared of horror movies when I was little. And I didn't pick them up again until I was like seventeen or something like that. And this was one of the reasons why. And this movie's so horrible and not scary. No. I'm like, I was a I was real dumb. Goosebumps did that to me but, too. Absolutely, the werewolf episode of Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was the always one. werewolves for me. I love zombies, but I hated Ooh. werewolves. You know, because before that, that, my, that dad, my knowledge was like Teen Wolf. <laughs> well, and that dad also in that Goosebumps episode that wants to turn his kids into plant monsters. Yeah. Oh I my god. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I remember watching that one. Maybe I wasn't home alone. I, in my head, I think I'm home alone, but I probably by home alone. I mean, my parents were like upstairs, and right. the lights were off, and it was probably like seven o'clock at night. And I'm watching the it's raining <laughs> and watching Goosebumps Werewolf episode, which now God, that's that's a weird definition of alone. I yeah. think like oh, I'm alone. My roommates are in the next yeah. room. <laughs> I was pretty young, but you know, it's funny. Look, yeah. but it's funny to say Goosebumps because now when this is recording, that's like the number one movie in America. Or. Is it still? I thought that it was still being beaten out by the Martian. Oh, it was last I did week. see it. So here's the thing. I, I right. didn't see any of these movies. I just looked at a headline a week ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, theoretically, it made, it, it's, it, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw it, and I was, Is like, watching it, and I was like, no, not really. I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, it's a kid's movie. What did I, what the fuck did I think this movie was going to be? A kid's be? movie for like, obviously. Well, yeah, I thought that it was going to be good for adults, too, and it not wasn't really like it hit every single cliche it possibly could and jack black was like kind of the worst part of it which was disappointing because yeah i love jack black but he did not give a shit in that movie yeah because i heard him on nerdist and i think i've been listening to like podcasts enough where you can almost consense when an actor doesn't give a shit about the movie when they go on a podcast right i've ever listened to rain wilson go on on to nerdist to promote backstorm firestorm whatever show he was on that just got canceled immediately oh backstrom yeah Yeah. they didn't talk about it at all (laughs) <laughs> you can just tell he's like this is getting canceled this is a cash grab and i hey power to him and or yeah. the guy who plays john snow came on to promote a movie right oh the volcano oh movie. that the volcano uh Pompeii. yeah it was just like yeah, yeah yeah you know what here's the thing i know like the names of all these like bullshit movies that i'm never gonna watch like i never watched an episode of backstrom i don't give a shit about backstrom i saw a commercial for it on football one yep. time <laughs> and then you'll know, you know it or Pompeii, I listened to a bad movie podcast, make fun of it for an Which hour one? and a half, is it and that the was probably more Palm enjoyable. 
It was either the Flop House or uh, We Hate Movies, both great yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. But so you have a yeah. you a fellow podcaster, you have cynical cartoons and maybe kind of explain yeah. to people. It's kind of uh two different you, you do your it's your show. You should explain your show. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So cynical cartoons is a little bit in flux right now. Um it started off as me just realizing like, "Hey, I love Rick and Morty. I want to find a Rick and Morty podcast." I've been listening for about 5 years to podcasts now. So like I sort of got like the format and there wasn't one out there. I was like, "Okay, I'll start it." And then now there's like five Rick and Morty podcasts. I don't know how that happened. Like it just, they just all popped up after I started mine. Um, but so like Rick and Morty season one ended, I was like, okay, I'll talk about Bojack Horseman because I love that show too. I talked about all of those and then Rick and Morty came back. So basically all of that is done now. And because it's animation and it's sort of like low budget, none of those shows, neither of those shows are coming back for the next year and a half. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just like talking about like the weirdest possible shit that I've like heard of, like pop culture kind of, uh, you know, like the one that I always cite is that there was a Rubik, uh, Rubik's Cube animated series called Rubik the Amazing Cube, where it was like a Rubik Cube with a little elf face on it and little legs and it could grant wishes and it had the most obnoxious voice and it, it's just like horrifying and I'm excited to talk about that one. But so like basically we just like pick the most insane animated TV shows that ever happened or noteworthy ones like, uh, you know, the first CG animated, uh, you know, TV show or and stuff like that. And we talk about those and just dissect the universe they exist within. Who was that wonderful guest who picked uh shark street sharks, the best show ever made. Yeah. Who, who could that I don't be? know. That episode wasn't too good. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was Skip forgettable. That one. <laughs> I think this is my, yeah, my, you know, my, my, my my strength is to pick terrible things to bring to podcast. Alvin the Chipmunk <laughs> movies, Street Sharks. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, remembering now, uh, my the ending to my story 15 minutes ago was that for some reason, after watching the Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman, I got the balloon song from the balloon adventure movie stuck in my head, and it hasn't gone away for oh, the last God, three days. Movie, it's horrible. It was okay. It wasn't yeah. bad, and I gotta say, Peter is like a true film person, and actually watched right. it as an objective film person, and I was like, yeah, it's cool. Oh no, yeah, you like I see, yeah, see, that's what I can't do. Like, I'm like, I'm a film major right now, and I still don't like when I watch a movie and when I do a podcast about it. I can't be like totally serious about it unless there was something really obvious about it. I just have to like make fun of bad things. Yeah, that's pretty much all I can do as a podcaster. And a reviewer. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could do the review thing. I think I've tried to do more structured episodes and I, it's just not me. I think it's right. like I've, I was, I've, I've been guest on, I've had just recently I've been kind of had an influx of being a guest on shows and I was on a different mm -hmm. show. I'm not going to say their name and not because I am because anything bad. I just can't remember it. <laughs> oh, okay. Bad. Are you going to like tag it in later? Like that's yeah, hope I did. where she's like, Mr. Black. <laughs> Good, good call. <laughs> yeah, good I call oh, God, I wish I remember the name. Of it. it was really nice. The Hassad, Hadad, Hassad. I forgot her name. Hot. She was really sweet. Very nice. Sure. But um, they like had a structure down where they had like show notes they gave to me before I came on, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna oh, start wow. with this, 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 and that." I was like, "Oh my god, right. you guys are fucking running a tight ship." No wonder why <laughs> your shows were fucking probably way more successful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's well. I mean, yeah. I. 
whenever whenever I have people on, I have to just make sure that they know what's up. Like when they come on uh, my show, The Adam Sandcast, they have to get the like, we're going to rip this movie to shreds and we're going to talk critically about Jack and Jill and how they could have improved it and all this kind of stuff. Like you need to listen to an episode of the show so that you understand what this is so that you don't come in like talking about how uh you know incredible the water boy is because like we can talk about that wait, what, the but water we're also boy gonna is awesome. do this other thing wait wait it's which not, one's the water boy it's not man the water boy was the one where he was the water, uh, where he was I a mean, water boy he was literally a retarded person and the entire movie was making fun of retarded people it was very not yeah yeah great. i remember that <laughs> in 2015 it doesn't it. hold up gatorade yeah. h2o Literally what it is, I mean, we spent like an hour railing on this movie like six months ago and I still remember like everything about it. It, um, it's literally the exact same five jokes repeated over and over and over again, the entire movie. And it's, it's fine, you know, but he put it out like six months after, uh, the wedding singer, which was a really great movie. Yeah. And so it just doesn't hold up as much to that and to happy Gilmore wedding singers, happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are like the same movie. That, right. That's the theory. I think it's true. <laughs> right. And I, I, I like. I really love Judd Apatow, but he like for some reason just loves all of Adams. I know they're friends from like right you from their youth, but like he likes like some of the worst Adam Sandler stuff. <laughs> well, I think it's funny that like okay, so uh, you know Judd Apatow brought him on for Funny People because he loves Adam Sandler movies, and Paul Thomas Anderson brought him on for Punch Drunk Love because he loves Adam Sandler movies. And it's like, aside from Funny People and Punch Drunk Love, what really is there to showcase his strengths as an actor? Well, know? Little Nick, yeah. There's not a lot there. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I love Little Nicky. Right. I love Big Daddy. I love... Whew, I'm running out of things here. Mr. Deeds? Yeah, that's the one. Know. Yeah. Well, so, like, the thing about it, though, is that now I'm, like, the Adam Sandler guy. Like, I have, like you know like theories and like really deep like theological not theological discussions about his career i would, I oh, would God, like to no. hear them well, so just just come on my show sometimes i don't want to talk about adam sandler all that much yeah no i'd, I'd love to come on your show for real let's do that uh, right but I, was, I've, I this has come up on the show before that i had a theory that like adam sandler is only making comedy for like 13 year olds so every next generation loves them so when i saw those movies i was 13 aged and then i got older and that's why i don't like it right I don't know if that's true because I didn't well, see the well, I think, or I think the issue oh, is, is that he's Click was surprisingly su- right. Well, click. that gets you. That's a sad one. <laughs> I think I think the issue is that he's aged out of that. Like 13 year olds. Yes, they like the fart jokes and the Jack and Jilly ness of it yeah. all. But but a 13 year old doesn't want to watch a 60 year old man act like a 13 year old. He can't do this forever. So like 10 years from now, he's going to have to have another shtick or you know, he could live 10 lifetimes with the amount of money that he has. So he doesn't really need to act anymore I like, if he uh, doesn't want to. I like 50 First Dates. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, this is yeah. really making me look bad here. Somehow I'm taking his side, and I don't want to be an Adam Sandler <laughs> defender. I'm not like... Here's the thing. I love to... Here, here's I the never thing. really liked him that much. I'm like, you know, he's cool. Right. If, if you listen to the show, a lot of the time what it is, is it, it started off with me being so much like... This was surprisingly good. I had no idea that this movie was going to be good because I know how it ends up. I know that it ends with That's My Boy and it ends with, um, you know, Grown Ups 2 and these kinds of things. And so now it's gotten to the point in the show where, like, I've been doing this since January and I have about three episodes left 
And I've just like not recorded one in like two weeks. Like I'm just like so like down in the dumps about the end of Adam Sandler's career and sort of ending the podcast that I'm holding off as long as possible. So this is about you then. So you're you're in film school. Sure. Sure. So why podcast and not college radio? And it's funny because the episode I just had a <laughs> released the episode with a, a gentleman from the Stride and Sonder podcast who kind of say, took the same path as like. I could do a college right. radio, or I could start up. And I, uh, his name's Kip Clark. He does. I think. I think he said he wants to go into broadcasting, and it's like, this is like the step to the future. And that although, there's a million reasons why you should do a podcast right now if this is what you want to do for a living. Right. But I, I'm just curious right. of what your reasoning is. I'm. Um, I mean, I I've always loved movies. Like I've known since I was like four years old. Like yeah, I want to. I want to make movies, and you know, at that point, it's like, hey. Obviously, everybody wants to act. Everybody wants to be on the screen. But eventually, I just sort of realized, like, people need to make these special effects that are in Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And people need to write these. And I could be that person. Mm-hmm. So that is that your um, goal? I think so. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting a, a bachelor's in film production and with, like, a minor in writing, you know? Right. So, like, that's – yeah. I mean, I would love to write for animation, I think, as a career – But the thing is, is that the podcasting thing came around about, you know, five and a half years ago, like I was saying earlier, I had a friend that would drive me to and from school because I didn't drive. I still don't drive now. Um, And so he was just like a good friend of mine that listened to like this weird show in the car, you know, like this podcast. It was the Rooster Teeth podcast. Mm. Um, And all that I had had like listened to with like long form conversations and stuff like that is like my dad used to listen to like a lot of like... uh, xm radio you know like opie and anthony and stuff like that and i i just hated that like he listened to that and my aunt listened to like political talk radio so i thought that that's what talk radio was like there was no like nothing interesting going on you know and that format was going away um and the show was just like it was just like four guys that had known each other for 15 years. So they had a really nice like rapport and they could just like sit there and talk about like weird experiments in the seventies where they like filled a house up to knee level with water and then made a dolphin live in it for a year. And it's just like, whatever you want to talk about, it doesn't matter. You can talk about Adam Sandler every single week, or you can talk about, you know, every single James Bond movie chronologically, you can do whatever you want. Is that the Nobody's James Bonding podcast? I think so. The yeah. Myra, the Matt, Matt Gorley, Matt Gorley one. Yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Right. So I just love like with with filmmaking, it's like if I was going to go down that route, which I think I'm still going to. But even if I don't, I have a four year degree in something. So that's all you really yeah. need. It's um, it's hard to do. It's such a collaborative experience that like I couldn't, you know, sit down and make a movie by myself. Um, and this is just different. Like if I wanted to, you know, release an episode of my show that was literally anything like me pretending to be Santa Claus for a Christmas special, talking to somebody that was one of my elves, I could I could do that and nobody would tell me to stop. No, it's true. You get complete creative tr- control, which I fucking love. And <laughs> no, I think it's I mean, it's such a smart thing to do, especially if you want to go into film and television kind of work like right. the networking you meet from doing this and it's ridiculous, especially right. like the style of show I have. Like, I, mean, I haven't gotten job opportunities out of it, nor do I want any. But it's just been like <laughs> I've gotten to like make connections with people I would never had a chance to talk to on so many different levels. So it's it's so fun. Well, well. So are you not like pursuing this as a career? Like, if you found a way to make money off of this, you wouldn't go for it. 
No. I mean, I'll take, I'll take some oh. money. Um, right. I just don't foresee a future where it's going to be like quit your job and podcast full time, and right. and, and I'm okay well, with it. Like I kind of relate it to the way like <laughs> with music, right. like some bands get to make very few bands get to be like professional bands, and they're ones who struggle who do it forever, and then there's the guys who still mm-hmm. play at the bar on the weekends just because they love to play. I just right. I love the process. I just really love doing it, and there's nothing more to it. But I'll, I'll take money. I think I just. I th- I think the really funny thing is that we are all the guys at the bar. Yeah. You know, for the first six months, you're the guys in the garage with podcasting, and then you know, for the next six months, maybe you'll be able to get a little bit of ad revenue or something like that. And I started off realizing like there's no way that I'm going to build a huge audience quickly, but I'm going to do this because I love it, and I'll you know with the with the idea going in that I'll never make a dime off of this. Yeah. Um, and so I was part of like a Reddit community uh, slash r slash podcast, which is great and was great that entire time since last January. So about 10 months now. Um, and one day somebody posted something there, like looking for somebody that wants to edit their show for them. Like, you know, whatever, a hundred bucks a day. Oh, uh, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You need to know how to use this software. You need to know how to do this and this and this. And I was like, okay, this is like a professional thing. There's no way I'll, I'll ever get this job because I don't know how to use the software, but I looked at myself, like I looked at everything I'd done over the last, uh, eight months at that point, And it's like, I've created over, you know, whatever, 30, 40 hours of content. I'm fluent in all these editing softwares. I can do this. I'm the guy for the job. And I applied and I got that job. Oh, that's awesome. And dude. I, exactly. And I did it for a month and then that I wasn't on that job anymore, but that guy found me another job and then I'm still doing that job and that job's solid. So it's like now I've gotten two jobs. I've got another one on the way. And it's like I'm a freelance podcast editor and I'm making money off of that. And I'll still maybe never make a dime off of hosting my own show, but it's just fun to do. You know, Yeah, I think it's always the garage band. Yeah. Yeah. That's like kind of the way things work. Like it's same with like with uh, the industry you want to go into. It's like very few people mm-hmm. get to do like the work you want, like say acting. But there's a whole like community around it or whole support industry within it. So like probably the people making the most of podcasting are like the the sound engineers and things of that nature. The right. hosts probably make the least, <laughs> if anything. I mean, there are shows. Well, that I make mean, money. unless unless yeah, unless you are Scott Ackerman or Mark Marin, you know, like those guys are, you know, the ones that everybody wants to yeah, be, but none of us. But they all be, also you know? are doing other things to support their income, right? Which, but right. it's a great way to get your voice out. So if you're a comedian, or I will, mm-hmm. I'm probably just keeping so comedy relative because that's just what I listen to mostly. So sure. like, yeah, like a Scott Ackerman or you're like a Mark Marin or a Hardwick, like it's such a you give out this free thing that could turn into money somewhere else. It's so brilliant. And I I right. love it. Or like I'm on a network, so I, I hope Aaliyah makes money off of this thing. <laughs> well, and also it's interesting to see like people that build a personality, um, like content creators that also build their personality through a podcast. I couldn't give a shit about what they're making, but I know that it's coming. And if I did give a shit, I would go and see it. Right. Yeah. So like Kevin Smith, like, yep. Oh God, I yeah. love Tusk. Yeah. I love Tusk, but I don't love Tusk, you know, a 10th as much as I love fat man on Batman yeah. or like rooster teeth. Like I don't even watch their videos anymore, but they got me into the medium in the first place. And I go back to their show every once in a while, you know, oh, I mean, I'll, I'll so like it keeps you I've up with people. Books. I've like, Right. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, there are ways to 
I do. I know there's. I think you could sign. We could sign up for Audible, and they can, <laughs> and they'll be a sponsor. And then if you re- referred, it's like fifteen dollars. There's. I've I've talked to people who are way more into it in that regard, and I, I probably should be. I just. Right. Just knowing myself, it's like if I go too far into it, I'll just burn out and not care. And I'm not <laughs> spending much money anymore. I split all the equipment with the partner who left, and I, my network covers my storage, my my host fees right now. So I'm I'm right. at zero, and it's fun. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten some cool shit. I gotten like some free CDs and like a mo- copies of movies, and got to go to a concert, a couple concerts for free from just from people I met, right. which was fun. But I I just love this part, like the the numbers and everything else is kind of like is like cake to me, is a frosting on cake. Well, I'd I'd like to make the Patreon thing work. I think for supporting myself, because like yeah, right now it feels like if I could get you know people to support me fifty dollars on Patreon, that would be even more like uplifting than the amount of money that I'm making editing a podcast every single week for somebody else. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like to say like people liked me enough that you know thirty people contributed under two dollars to me yeah that's amazing uh, that would be cool yeah i'm not at that point yet i just started the patreon thing it's not um it's interesting because like you can't it's hard to get people to even like review your show on itunes or something like that so like to to say like hey you want to sign up with a credit card on the site so you can send me a buck or two a month that would be great Oh, i left you a review yesterday actually Oh if yeah, you see well, like a weird name on there. That's me. <laughs> they they take a few days. Yeah, to yeah. Do, I, think, I um, yeah. I've been trying to get better at writing reviews from friends shows. Right. I'm working right. on that. I know I'm not very great at it. And then the new <laughs> update on the iPhone made it easier to write reviews from podcasts from the phone. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have an Android, so like I have to actually get on the computer. Yep. You know, like it's 2011. When do we have smartphones? 2009. Is that how long we've been around? Yeah, the iPhone was in 2009. Yeah, I think. but there was, was a phone first, before it, Blackberry. One. Yeah, but you couldn't write iTunes reviews on Blackberry. No, I don't you know. couldn't. You could not because it wasn't Apple. <laughs> right. And there was something before. There was a. There's this weird gap of like technology. There was like those phones with the pen that right. didn't really take off. Well, I, th- I think Palm pilots. I think the most. <laughs> I think the most bullshit thing about iTunes is that like I can't like get on my phone and just go to my podcast. I can't just search for like cynical cartoons, iTunes and Google and then see how many reviews I have. I actually have to go into the application. Yeah. You know? It's weird. You can't see it in iTunes on the browser. And though I, so I, I'm not like a very highly downloaded show by any means. And I was one time on the iTunes top 300 comedy podcast. Oh, the new and noteworthy. No, no, no. It was the top. Oh, okay. No, please. No one understands how Apple works. So like (laughs) I was like number 182 of comedy podcast in in the world for like a day. And I looked at my numbers. I was like, I don't have that many downloads. Like how the fuck am I on this list? And I, I, right. And and no one knows how you get on it. I think it was like, I had gotten some reviews that day. My network, my network was uh, added to the new and noteworthy. It's so it must. It's so weird. They 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 give you like all of these like arbitrary numbers. Like I'll look at a podcast like Comedy Bang Bang, you know, like one of the biggest top ten shows out there, right? And the little popularity bar besides the beside the name of the episode will be like half. And then I look at my newest episode with like you know three hundred views so far, and it's at full. And I'm like, did that episode get 150 views? It doesn't make any sense. It's like so arbitrary. My like, and highest weird viewed and, like, episode in. in iTunes with those little bars is like a th- not right. even filled up and one of them that has like 80 is like will be full yeah I'm like what that's not even it's, true it's all 
it's all just like these weird algorithms that they make up. Like, I don't know, like people get into iTunes new noteworthy. Like there was a show that I listened to because I found them on, on Reddit that I liked their show pretty well, but they weren't getting the numbers they wanted. So they just gave up after four episodes. And, uh, four months later, iTunes put them in new and noteworthy after they put out four episodes and then didn't put out anything for four months. And they were like, Oh, well we better, we better start making episodes again. And by the time they released a new episode, it was, they were already off. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything. Cause I, yeah. When I first started this, we were accidentally in the travel and leisure section because we didn't know how to do anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, we were in the new and noteworthy on iTunes and nothing happened. Of course it's a travel and leisure section, but still, And and that's the thing is that I've never made it into there. And it's like I've heard things from people that had like, you know, our show used to get 600 listens a week and then we ended up in New and Noteworthy and everybody liked us. So we now we get 40,000. And it's like that would be cool if that happened to me, but it yeah. never will. I just need to make sure the next time I start up a show, like I get 40 reviews in the first week and then maybe it'll yeah. happen. Who knows? My goal is I'm kind of very content where I am. Like I just want to get 100 downloads an episode per week. I mean, like, whatever right. episode I put out, I wanted to hit 100 that week. That's my new goal. Right. I'm on a network. I'm, like, pretty happy. And I don't care about fame, but I, right. I also don't mind having – I wouldn't mind having people who are famous on here. But, like, I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't think that anybody that cares about fame should be doing a podcast unless you're already famous. It's just – it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to be the next mega host. You just yeah. – the hope that you can have is people will like me and I'll make somebody's day better and I will have fun doing it's it. Like slow and maybe and I'll make yeah. a little bit – I'll get like a free pizza on the side. It's sl- Yeah, it's slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah, I've, I've met these dudes who had like Dan Harmon on their show and they were ha- they've had some like huge uh-huh. names and I'm just like, how, how right. do you do that? I just we just sent him an email and they just they were into it. Was that it? I think that yeah. Or they had his wife on there first somehow. Oh okay, right. Yeah, it's called the Lost at Home podcast. I was on a a podcast with them, so I was talking to them beforehand. They had some huge names, mm-hmm. and it's kind of bo- mind boggling. I don't know right. how they do it, but <laughs> but yeah, but I, well, I just, well, and, the, and that's yeah, it's cool. well, and that's the thing though is is. If you can get a hold of somebody like that, then they'll probably come on your show, you know, but it's like I, you know, like I was saying for a while, I was focused on BoJack Horseman. And if I could have gotten like Paul of Tompkins or uh, Lisa Hannah Walt or Raphael Bob Waxberg on there with me, that would have been incredible, both for numbers and for just like the greatest day, greatest show I've ever done, you know, but it's just impossible to get a hold of those people. And even if you could, it would just be like. Why would I want to come on your show that's just like obsessive about my show that I make? Yeah, like, that's kind of weird. You never know where to come from that. Yeah, I just yeah. – um, there's a bit – I like it when it's something I like and then I can have someone who does it. Like I don't know if you ever heard – I don't know if you're like a punk music – like punk rock fan or anything. But like there's a band called Beach Slang I really like and I just got mm, a message from the drummer. Is like, yeah, I'll come on your show and I got really stoked. And they're, they're not like famous <laughs> but they're good enough size. Right. It was more of like – I like your music and now I can talk to you about what the thing you make. Yeah. That's super and that's, that's the thing though is, is like if I can have somebody on that's even like has a show that has, you know, 20 lessons a week, as long as they're doing something interesting and I can talk to them about yeah. that, that's, that's great. If I can help somebody out, you know. Oh, so where did, I, so but, cynical cartoons though, when you, when you exhausted your two seasons, your, your seasons of cartoons, you, you right. kind of changed format. That's how I ended up on there. But you did the episode about Reboot and the cute Rubik's Cube. Is your new style right. – are you going to stick with this format until the next show comes out or like what's your – Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I think what's going to happen is like everybody's been saying like, are you coming back with Rick and Morty? Are you coming back with Rick and Morty? And obviously I am because it started off as a Rick and Morty podcast. Um, And I think what's going to happen is, and they literally said in the last episode of Rick and Morty, there was like this little meta moment where one of the characters came on screen and he was like, hey, how's it going? The season's over. Thanks for watching. We might be back in a year and a half, maybe two. I was watching that and I'm like two fucking years i definitely need to put something out in that time people forget about you in two years (laughs) yeah so you're not gonna make Mm -hmm. a whole but so like what's the plan now so so i'm i'm probably gonna split it off when it comes up i'm just gonna keep doing this because i love this format i really like i literally have like i love it i've been loving your show and and i've got a list of like 150 just weird ass stuff to talk about so like i will never run out of stupid cartoons to talk about i think because i was was Um, talking to my brother um Big mm-hmm. podcast fan as well, and I was telling him about like I was like, oh yeah, I'm just at the. It was the day after we recorded, and I was like, yeah, right. I said the thing about Street Sharks, and he's doing a lot of stuff about, like weird '90s cartoons, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I listen to that, and I uh, another yeah, absolutely. My buddy James is like, doesn't listen to a podcast, probably doesn't even know what one is, but would li- but listens to your show, a because I right. said it to him, I was like, listen to this because I was on it, <laughs> because he just fucking there's right. such a niche market for like cartoons like dude people in the people Absolutely. of that age like my age nostalgia hits us way earlier than it used to because yeah i'm like ah oh, remember 10 years ago <laughs> well um oh shit what was i gonna say yeah i don't know it just like just like the idea of going into a, a universe of something that some like when I did a reboot episode, right, I thought nobody knew what reboot was. Like, people will reference it every once in a while. I thought that there wasn't a following for that anymore or anything like that. And I went, I found a subreddit, and it's just like 15,000 people subscribed here. Like, people give a shit about this. And then I feel weird, like, posting my episode there and being like, hey, here's me trying to figure out what this is about. Because, like, I don't know if it works for fans of the things to listen to it and listen to me be like, so what was up with that Megabyte guy? He was weird, oh, right? Megabyte, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if I don't know what the thing is and I'm asking weird questions about the universe that can't be answered, maybe people are into that. Maybe I just come across as obnoxious, but I'm going to keep doing it. I don't know. You're doing – did you put out your – no, you didn't put out the Aladdin one yet. No, that's coming on – well, I mean, by the time people listen to this, it probably will be. Yeah, it'll be be out and – go find it, folks. Yeah. uh, Basically, it's Aladdin – v hercules like an aladdin hercules crossover episode which i did watch and i was like live tweeting it throughout and i lost like four twitter followers doing that just like talking shit about this weird aladdin cartoon that nobody gives a shit about <laughs> dude if you ever wanted fun, to do this just throw it out there um and, yeah. and if we could find it because i've never been able to find it if you ever could find the flintstones meet the jetsons crossover movie Oh, absolutely. Dude, I, I've considered my it, yeah. dream would be to do a podcast episode about that because I was obsessed right. with that. Well, and so and so this is the thing, though, is whenever I have somebody on the show, like I don't I've had some episodes where like people came on and they were just like totally crazy or like not very good speakers. But 70 percent of the time, people are like totally amazing. And they at the end, they're like, I want to come back or I want you to come back on my show. And it's just such a great community. Like and when when people come on the show they i ask them if there was some weird cartoon that's like totally insane that they loved when they were a kid and they usually shoot me five different answers that all sound amazing and then i can put them on the list and keep them for a later date so like i've got a huge backlog of like i could pretty much run the show for the next year off of all the all the episodes that i have so here. can you tell us some episodes some cartoons because um 
so there's this great podcast. I don't know if you've ever gotten to listen to it. Anyone out there should check it out called I Was There Too with Matt Gorley. It's like mm-hmm. he has people who were present in like really big movies that had really small parts. And right. it's all about their experience of like making it. And at the end of the last episode I listened to with Paul Shear, who was in that terrible movie with Eddie Murphy, Meet Dave. Who was uh, cut out of? Oh yeah, but he has one. He has like Phil Lamar, who was in Pulp Fiction, or Josh Malina, right. was in Goodwill Hunt. No, uh, few good men. It's Paul of Tompkins. Paul of Tompkins was in There Will Be Blood. Yeah, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, the guy from Star Wars Episode One. It's yeah. a great podcast, and uh, but he's right. talking at the end of one of the episodes about all the Greg insane ninety 90- rated R movies that had cartoons. Can right, you run through some of those to because it, for for me and everyone. Yeah, I've talked about that actually, specifically how I want like to talk about shows that just don't need an animated series that absolutely get it, like Rubik the Amazing Cube, but they made an uh Rambo the animated series, Robocop the animated series, and it's just like all these movies that were R rated but really appealed to kids. So they were like, let's make a G rated version of this. Um so when you came on my show, you actually, I think this was your episode, right? You pitched at the end of it, uh, and we sort of worked through it together. Little Reservoir yeah, Dogs. Little like, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> like Reservoir Dogs is 12-year-olds, and like maybe like the, the undercover cop one is like a hall monitor, and he's like always trying to stop them from stealing, you know, candy or pencil supplies or whatever. So like that's sort of something that just appeals to me so much that they think that they can just like take something like teen wolf and just say like, okay, let's make a teen wolf. Animated There's a series. Teen wolf he only had one series? friend. Did you tell me that? Yeah. Yeah, there absolutely is. He only has one friend in the movie. So let's give him four other friends that were never mentioned in the movie, but somehow exist in this cartoon universe. And he's got like all these wacky ensemble cast around him. that like, just don't exist in the movies, but that's a thing in the cartoon. It's, it's incredible. I, I remember I, on your show, I even said this. If anyone out there wants to make some fan art of little reservoir dogs to make the cat, yeah. the cast of reservoir dogs as the little rascals, I will pay you money. Please contact me. Right. I will pay for that. I've been trying to make it happen. I made a tweet about it. Nobody, nobody got back to me. Every one of them. Not doing it. (laughs) All of my listeners. Not your listeners. No, or mine. They're all wonderful. Um, Yeah. So did you grow up watching all these things? Because like you kind of finding your show and meeting you and it's like, oh my God, I forgot. I love, I love all this shit. And I kind of, it's kind of brought like awakened. (laughs) I didn't know I can go on YouTube and find these things. So I've been like watching tiny tunes and eek the cat so much of it is out there like there's so much stuff on youtube that nobody will ever bother to take down because it's not out there on dvd and it's not even profitable um, to like so it's not even right. worth the company to take down episodes of street sharks i i think the thing about me as a kid was that i loved cartoons right but i watched i was born in 1994 so like when i was watching a lot of cartoons was like the early 2000s really and uh i watched a lot of boomerang so like i would watch like this weird like just like stuff that was just totally forgotten and like nobody gave a shit about like Hanna-Barbera anymore at that point. It was a, it was a cartoon network spinoff channel that like played only old cartoons or cartoon network shows that didn't make it past one season. Okay. So it was just like, it was like the refuse of society that had just like come specifically to me so that I could watch Dino Mutt and, uh, you know, McGill gorilla and all this like terrible in hindsight, terrible stuff. Yeah. And, uh, So now I'm watching these shows and I have this weird, like, it's like a, 
it feels like anti-comedy a lot of the time because like they'll they'll come in and they'll just like make like the worst shark pun or something like that and i enjoy it to a level like there's something like some like you know chemical reaction in my brain that's like i don't know if i'm legitimately enjoying this or enjoying it ironically but um even if i'm not nostalgic for something like street sharks because i never watched it as a kid i'm instantly in that universe and i'm instantly enjoying it as if i did it's great like i like i said like yeah. you just like turn my eyes of like looking for stuff you forgot existed <laughs> like reboot i forgot well, reboot existed yeah yeah and reboot was amazing i think everybody should watch at least an episode of or reboot the- and and it's it's weird because i walk into it and i am like instantly like simultaneously this curious being like i'm like a kid watching this for the first time but i'm also like this cynical asshole about it and like this universe doesn't make any sense let's try and make it make sense in this way is that pre-toy story it must yeah it it was it was yeah that's the thing when i watched reboot for the first time i was like this is this is such a toy story ripoff like they just saw this technology and then they did it for cheaper and took less time to make it and no that's not true they've been working on it for four years before toy story came out and it came out a year before toy story um and after i put out that episode actually after the street sharks episode somebody sent me a tweet like i was in a little twitter conversation back and forth with somebody and they said i used to babysit for uh the kid of one of the directors on reboot just thought you should know (gasps) i was like i was like oh could i get an interview with that person do you think and they're like i haven't talk to them in 20 years i don't know maybe and they looked into it and it turns out that like they knew that person's ex-wife but not him so much anymore so it's like that's how close you can get because those people like they worked in the industry 20 years ago and maybe they haven't worked in 15 10 15 years you know and they would totally be up for an interview about the first ever cgi animated tv show or you know some weird cartoon they made where a kid turned into a car or whatever which cartoon is that turbo team you know if it was incredible i I had this thought to just look at the credits and go on twitter and google and try to find those people and write to them because that'd be kind of fun i would love to talk to someone involved reboot absolutely i mean and and that's the thing also is like if i could get a voice actor on my show like those people have worked on like you know at least 80 shows each oh yeah and like was reboot good like the writing no I mean, no, it was, it was fun in an ironic sort of way. And it was like super cheesy and silly, but, um, and it was revolutionary. Like it was cool the way that it looked. Very blue. I remember. I wonder if blue or green, but it, I bet. <laughs> yeah, but it was very silly. Yeah. yeah. I remember even thinking it was bad when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I watched that. Um, we watched the pilot for that episode and then I decided to sort of go jump a couple seasons later and see how it ended out, you know, what it looked like in the end. How did it look? And it looks so it looked a little bit better, but not to the extent of like, you know, CGI animated stuff now. But that show ran for like nine years or something like that. And sometimes I notice the opposite where you remember watching something a ton and it was only and there's yeah. only like one or two seasons, it's just that network played it over and over. Right. Nickelodeon was notorious or, for that. Or season one was nine episodes, season two was seventy episodes because they realized we'll just put all these out at once. Yeah. Like like I, that happens so often. Yeah, are you excited for that new network with all the '90s nostalgia stuff that Nickelodeon's doing? I I'm a cord cutter. I haven't had cable TV in nine years, 
and I'm only 21. Like I haven't had cable TV since like before I was a teenager. It was crazy. Yeah, I, cord cutter as well, but which was weird because I think yeah. I had more options available to me without cable. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this thing the other day. Uh, somebody sent me this link to like this like the 50 worst movies of all time, and I was like, I like bad movies. I'll watch this, and I started watching. It, it was like one of those countdown lists. Uh, it's essentially just like BuzzFeed before BuzzFeed, but not shitty. It was like played on the Discovery Channel or whatever, and. I was just like weirdly nostalgic watching it because like I watched all these shows growing up as a kid on Discovery Channel that were like 10 smartest animals, 10 strongest animals, 10 whatever, you know, and uh, I, I just realized that like I'm nostalgic for just like these weird fucking things that are just like not good at all and don't make any sense why a nine year old would like this. My friend, you know, my buddy, my friend James is so much like this. Like he just loves everything from mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s, like just he just loves it. And I, I'm like, I don't look at it, man, but it's, it's funny. Like you just, and then you can make a podcast that you make that, and Hey, there's, you're not alone, man. There's other people out there like you. Right. Who right. Uh, happen to like, want to try and I guys <laughs> like for my favorite cartoons for me, like, I don't, I'm wondering about you. Are there like, do you watch adult cartoons too? Like the King of the Hills and Simpsons and whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons growing up, but obviously did you religious? I did. It, yeah, that, that's usually not, what it not, was because there was that <laughs> yeah, thing with yeah. like Bart but, said hell and damn. Right, <laughs> there was a big pushback from like the Catholic League in the era of Simpsons. Well, well, I think what it was was like my mom. She grew up like super, super religious. Like her mom wouldn't let her watch Scooby Doo growing up because she's like, oh, there's demons in that. You're not allowed to watch. They're gonna they're gonna turn you into Satanist or whatever. Yeah. You know? So like so like when she my mom was nothing like that she was like totally cool with me watching whatever as long as she you know as long as it wasn't like she tried to walk in the room and we were like mom go away you wouldn't like this yeah, you know yeah. so like so like she watched an episode of family guy with us one time and she was like okay family guy simpsons king of the hill those are all the same thing my kids aren't allowed to watch those fox adult comedies yeah, that's fair and she was wrong yeah but yeah that's exactly, okay exactly i was th- i've been thinking about it lately i want to do like a simpsons you know, run on, on my podcast. Cause like what we did was we went out and bought some of the DVDs and we just watched them without her knowing. So like Simpsons season six, Simpsons season five and nine are just like home base for me. Simpsons season six is like the greatest season of TV show yeah, ever. Yeah. Oh, but so dude, let me know. I'm a Simpsons fanatic. Well, seasons one. <laughs> yeah. So it, I was thinking it'd be really, really funny to actually have her on my show, which I haven't done before, but she's, you know, like she's pretty good at talking and then I could have her on my show, make her watch like a season of the Simpsons and have her on my show to defend herself. Why she wouldn't let her kids watch that. Well, Her defense too, though, like the Simpsons, when it came out, there was, it, it, it was also on when there were children, which was very crass. Right. Fox is brand new and there was nothing like it. And it was very crass at that time. If you watch the Simpsons now, like those episodes, some of those are the most beautiful heartwarming stories you've ever watched. And like they, Right. If you watch Lisa the Substitute as an adult, you, you get a tear in your eye. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about uh, the episode where um, it wasn't Bart the Genius. It was the one where he kept procrastinating and he like prayed for a snow day yep. and the snow day came. I was thinking about that the other day, like how horrifying an experience that is to just like be that person. You know, that's me still every single day of my life is like, I need more time. I need more time. And then I get that time and I'm like, nope fucking video games yep. just because like i'm a responsible adult that still can't make my brain do the things that needs to do sometimes you know yeah, that never changes <laughs> just yeah 
But <laughs> and and so hopefully and so hopefully that's the thing is that those kinds of people are the people that go out and say, okay, a normal job doesn't work for me, normal school doesn't work for me. I'm going to find something that does work for me and end up you know, writing or directing or making podcasts yeah. or selling things on eBay, like doing weird things to make themselves a career. That's, it's, you know, you, you really should do that thing with your mom too. And then like, uh, and, and not even like to attack or just be like, and she probably has a good point. Right. But then she'd be like, well, mom, did you know that, uh, all the, these sitcoms you love, probably all the stuff she grew right. up with, like cheers and taxi and, uh, I forgot what else. Okay. Like, I'll, cause, uh, James L. Brooks and Sam Simon came from like, legendary mm-hmm. sitcoms before the simpsons there's this yeah and then and then those writers went on to be conan o'brien yeah. and to direct pixar movies and to do these yeah, amazing brad bird. things brad fucking bird yeah absolutely Incredibles. i don't i don't see how anybody could watch like obviously she watched an episode of the show and she was like oh this isn't good like it was like probably one of the episodes where ned flanders ended up being the devil you know like one of the simpsons trios oh, yeah. or whatever yeah but you, i don't see how somebody her, could like, watch uh, secrets of a successful marriage or something you right. know, and you know, my, well, so I don't, my I don't, in-laws, my wife had never, they just never watched it. Nothing against it. For whatever reason, they just, it was one of, one of the things they never caught. So when I finally got the FXX app on my Apple TV, cause I stole it from my in-laws, I stole their cable account. Right. They gave it to me. They were wonderful. <laughs> I put on an episode well, and I was like, I don't know which one to put on. And I was like, well, they love mm-hmm. theater cause they're those people. They're very cultured or whatever. So I put on a, right. a street card named Marge and my father-in-law is a oh. very stoic man was just jaw right. on the ground catching references I, he's like that music's from <laughs> this movie from 1923 and oh my god this right. is just layered with culture and jokes i had no idea and this is like a month well, ago well yeah well and i don't see how somebody could watch like the episode where uh bleeding gums murphy dies and not oh. be just like heartbroken by that and touched so much emotionally you know and still say like this show is not okay for kids and I don't know. Like I was watching like RoboCop and like bloody R-rated yep. movies when I was eight years old. I should have been watching. You know, I should have been allowed to watch The Simpsons. And King of the Hill. Most kids hate yeah. that show. I mean, I love it, but man, is that just like <laughs> a very, very dry show? Right. It's very. It's completely grounded in reality. There's nothing cartoonish about it. Like it really, and it's not right. even like a sitcom. Like I don't even know what you call it. Like. It doesn't make sense. It's it's weird that it is a cartoon. It's like Bob's Burgers. Yeah. It's so incredibly dry and weird that it, they animated it. Um, oh, but I love it, Bob's Burgers. I I never went back and gave King of the Hill a chance, and I think I might if it was on Netflix yeah, or something. It but um, on Netflix, which really bums me out because I want to watch it again. Yeah. I, I like the other stuff that Mike Judge has done. I haven't watched like a lot of Beavis and Butthead, but I really really like Silicon Valley. Ugh. I don't so, like yeah. using Butthead, but I, I wasn't allowed to watch that either, yeah. but I love Silicon Valley. I was watching that today. I love Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, yeah. I, so I love good. Mike Judd. And King of the Hill is... I mean, Silicon Valley and King of the Hill... Oh, um, Jim Drav... I forgot how you pronounce... The guy... One of the people... One of the creators or big creative backers of uh, King of the Hill... I don't know how to say this word. Maybe the executive producer is huh. also on Bob's Burgers, because there's a... Oh, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there's a real King of the Hill element to Bob's Burger with almost more of like a, a crude animation, like a, which I, right, I right. which I really respect. And it's Bob's Burgers, though, there's episodes that really get you. Like, I love that they really just focus on that, like this poor, fa- like they're a poor family, like financially, and they're fucking mm-hmm. dysfunctional, and they live in this kind of weird town, and it's not too charactery, but it's all about the relationships. 
Well, I love that idea of like sort of, um, you know, like the, the idea that there's like an auteur behind some of these things that's like putting everything about Bob's Burgers is really one person. It's the guy that created it. And everything about Archer is really the guy that created Archer. Mm-hmm. Like these shows that have like, like Rick and Morty is so much Justin Rowan and Dan Harmon's, Harmon's voice is combined instead of like this big, like workshopped thing that a studio said, like, we want this and this and this and this. We that's want, what the Simpsons you know, become. Archer. Yeah, exactly. And it's because it's because after 30 years, you can't be irreverent anymore. You have to be nice to everybody or else Tom Hanks isn't going to want to be. Yeah. In, you but know, then in your stupid and, and Matt Groening, there's a great book called if you're, I don't know if you're ever interested. It's called the uh, unauthorized oral history of the Simpsons. And it's like the oral history of the, the golden age of the Simpsons. If for any Simpsons, yeah. fan, you have to read it. It's fucking incredible. But a lot of it is how Matt Groening is Matt Groening is not really the creative mind as much. It was really Sam Simon and James L. Brooks, right. and then Sam Simon left and then sadly died recently. And Matt Groening is like the creator, oh. but like right. it just changed hands. But then if you look at South Park, that's all Matt and Trey, and <laughs> South Park gets better right. every fucking year. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm not liking this newest season as yeah, much, it, but I mean, I think to see the what, overarching like an overarching story. Well. Well, I think what's happened with South Park is now that it's like it's become this these younger staff writers that they brought on. They brought on people like Josh Josh Gad and like uh Bill Hader, who's not necessarily younger than them, but whatever. They've like brought on all these other people that can sort of delineate all the work to them. Mm-hmm. Josh um, Gad writes for them? Yeah. And so I think and so I think it's kind of weird that like I think every single season we get 10 new episodes and five of those are decent and three of those five are really really great and the rest of the five are sort of that's forgettable. fair that's fair and I f- yeah i feel like that's been like the last five years of that show is like i still love 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 south park but um the season with the game of thrones episodes like those episodes are so funny and the rest of that season is kind I don't of remember anything else in that for season, me as you say that yeah or the uh, imagination land when that aired oh my god imagination land is the best south park ever that's all that's it. I still I mean, quote so the uh, Baby Farts McGeezak episode all the time. <laughs> ah, Shane! Well I, lo- <laughs> well, I love the bit in Imagination Land where it's like Stan or Kyle. I think it's Kyle on the phone with all the imaginary characters. And they're like, oh, hold on, Kyle. You know, Santa wants to talk to you. Oh, hey, Kyle, it's Luke Skywalker. Like, they just don't give a shit about getting no. sued. Because because they have these really good lawyers that tell them, you can go this far. And that's as far as you're going to go. And then they don't cross that line usually, no. or they do, and they just see we what just happens. Don't see the lawsuits. Oh yeah, they did the draw. Right, they draw on the Prophet Muhammad on their show multiple times. Like yeah, they do everything. Mm-hmm. The Scientology thing, oh, like that subversiveness. Like it, <clears throat> it feels like sometimes they really are reaching to try and offend people, and that makes sense because that's what they do. Like you don't know the political leanings of Matt Tr- uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker because they make fun of everybody. I think one of them is so, libertarian. Like, I think maybe I don't know. I, re- I remember somebody saying at some point, like there is a South Park political leaning, like the South Park party. And I think it might be libertarian. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But, I, and I'm, I'm definitely someone who leans more to like on the side of like the PC culture and they fucking right. that somehow that, that show does not offend me as much as it should. Well, and so that's that's the weird line to cross, right, is. When I watched That's My Boy with my cousin, right? I had him on that for that episode. He's like one of my favorite people in the world, one of my favorite people to talk to. We were watching That's My Boy, and we love shows like 
uh, South Park and Always Sunny and We Love like Idiocracy and all these things that don't give a shit if they offend you. But that movie really, really like pissed what us movie? off. It's like, hey, that's my boy. It's basically like Adam Sandler when he was 13 uh, banged his uh, teacher a bunch of times and then she got pregnant and he had to take care of the when kid. When did this come out? And so like 2011. And so oh. the entire movie is like, yeah, the entire movie is like, hey, hey kid, good job. Good job hooking up with this super hot, you know, 25 year old. And it's like, this is fucked up. And then we went and watched South Park and we were laughing the entire time. It's like, there was a South Park episode that did this exact bit where Ike, a four year old, <laughs> has sex with his teacher and it's fine it's not fine, but it's it's fine in the world of the show because they realize how fucked up it is and they're calling it out instead of saying like, you know, look at this super cool kid that hooked up with his teacher. It's like, look at how fucked up this is. Look at how society looks at it. Yeah. And that's what's interesting is people that are smart enough to see past the facade. Yeah, because South Park is just offensive satire where Adam Sandler mm-hmm. is like, yeah, look what I did. <laughs> but I mean, the, the message cool in South Park is, is just brilliant. I mean – at the core, they yeah. and and the episode, the Mormon episode, like the whole I'm an atheist, I'm an you know, I'm an atheist, and like right, uh, but you know that I watched that whole episode, I'm like those fucking idiot Mormons, that's so stupid. And at the end of the episode, <laughs> is it Stan or Kyle gives an entire or the kid, no, the Mormon kid gives an entire speech about how dare you judge me? It's like Mormonism's given me a good life and a happy family. I don't know why you can't just let me have right. that. And you're like, oh. <laughs> So you you well, you taking the mirror and flipped it on me, and now I look at something. I I changed my views after that episode. I was like, all right, I right. mean, through a lot of different things, I've evolved. But it's like, all right, I don't believe it, but why do I care if someone else does? Hey, brilliantly done. <laughs> and only South Park can well, do that. I, like it makes fun of Mormonism, <laughs> and that makes fun of you for making fun of them. Right, right. And I think that one of the weird things about about like me is that I'm a really cynical person while also being like really optimistic and joyful about a lot of things in life. It's like that weird dichotomy of like in the morning I'm like this. And then later on in the day I'm like this, I'm two different, completely different people, you know? So like I'm angry, like I'm cynical about a lot of stuff and like pessimistic about a lot of stuff, but I'm not smart enough to know what things to be mad about. So like that's going to come later in life. I'm going to be able to make poignant points, but until then, you know, I've, I don't know. I can like sort of like see the mirror of like this is what will will come later on in life when you have that sort of knowledge of the world more so. No, yeah. I, I hope I have it. <laughs> but that's awesome. Oh <laughs> man, um we just hit the hour. That was really fast. Um, um pl- please yeah. please come back. Um yeah, absolutely, man. I'd I love, love to. having maybe next time we'll talk about nothing but Adam Sandler yeah, movies. Yeah, well, yeah. So I like having people come. I love having repeat guests because it's all about that. And uh-huh. I also have like guest hosts sometimes, so I'll keep you in mind for like when I have people on. And then, um, sure, yeah. And if you need a guest for your show, let me know, and I'm sure I'll talk to you in the meantime. But where could people find you online? Um, hmm, let's see. I usually have this written out. Uh, you can get a hold of us at futurehorsepod at gmail.com. I think by the time this goes up, actually, my site will be like fully functioning. Like I have it, the domain's all set up and it's all so, uh, that's futurehorsepod.com or, uh, Twitter at futurehorsepod. And my shows are cynical cartoons, uh, podcast and the Adam Sandcast. And there will probably be like a third one and maybe a fourth one by the time this goes up because I got some stuff in the pipeline. So. That's all coming up, yeah. Uh, Thanks a lot, man. This is uh, a blast. Well, let's do this again for sure.